What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. morning. Later on, Luke Bryan will be on. We'll do the Friday morning dance party. We've got a, a really good Friday show today, and we shall start with a call now from Lucy in North Carolina. So my son is six, and he wants to start a YouTube channel like his dad does, and I don't think that it's a great idea to have him all over the Internet, and I wanted to get you guys' ideas and thoughts on it. I mean, that's such a you thing, and... How you feel about your kid being on the internet. Your, your husband has a channel. What's that channel about? Uh, gaming. And does your son ever pop up on your husband's channel? No. Is your son on Instagram? Like, do you post him on Instagram, like face and stuff? No. I don't know, man. If you don't feel good about it, I just think if everyone's not on board, then then you shouldn't be on board. If you're both good with it, then you let her rip. You know, he's not going to be running it. He's six. But there are six-year-olds that do quite well on YouTube. I mean, the kid who is the toy, he's Ryan. older now, but he's like YouTube's highest paid person. Yeah. That kid's got his college and 10 generations of college paid for after him. So I think if you decide to do it, there are, are there are barriers and walls and there are things. But if you're both not on board, you and your husband, I don't think you do it because it's always going to be a sore spot if something doesn't go right you know, or if you have an argument over it. That kid's nine years old right now. Ryan. The yeah, Ryan. Kid. Yeah, the toy Ryan. kid. So, your husband says it's okay, Lucy? Yeah. But you are not feeling good about it? I don't feel too great about it. Then I would just go no, because if you're both not on, that's a sensitive thing to put a kid on the internet. Again, he's not going to have access to it himself. He's not going to be able to comment back and forth with weirdos trying to talk to a six-year-old. But if you're both not good with it, then I don't think as a family unit you're good with it. So I would suggest that you don't do it. What you could do, I guess this is, I'm always looking for the compromise to make everybody happy, is why not let your six-year-old shoot videos like they're on YouTube and do a little five or six-part series and, heck, see if they're any good. See if you think people want to watch them. Like, say they're practice videos. Like, let him scratch that itch. Then your husband's like, okay, at least I'm getting something here. We can see. But, but don't put them online. And then readdress the situation after you do five, six, or seven. Like, that would be the compromise, but I'm still leaning toward no right now because if you're not into it and it's your kid, eh, I wouldn't do it. Eddie, what do you think? You got 19 kids? Yeah, I, I, I don't like, I don't do that for myself. You know, I, I don't like putting my kids on the internet just because they're not old enough to make that decision themselves and I'm there to protect them. So until they're 18 and they make their own decisions, <laughs> that they could do that. But Well, I think Eddie's crazy for saying that, by the way, the 18 part. Sure. Yeah. But... All the gaming videos I've ever seen, I've never seen anyone's face. I just see people playing video games. So maybe that's a good compromise where it's not his identity. It's just his voice talking about gaming. Does he want to do video games too as a kid or does he want to do other kid stuff? No, he just wants to do video games. Listen, I let him. I just I would just make videos of him doing it and not post them for now until you guys get on the same page. Or you put like a cutout of a kid there because you got to put a little box of the person playing it. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Duh. <laughs> so you just do like a silhouette. Yeah, I'm going to go no for right now. But maybe maybe you, you check back in in a year. All right? Oh, cool. Thanks. All right, Lucy. Thank you. Let your husband hear that. Sorry, sorry, husband. Hey, sorry, buddy. Just call. There's <laughs> a voicemail. I'm calling because I am so excited. I convinced my sister to drive with me from Massachusetts to Syracuse, New York on August 20th to come see you in the Raging Idiots Performance Estate Fair. And I am so excited to see you. I'm going to buy us matching t-shirts. It's going to be a whole thing. So thanks so much for doing that. I can't wait. Love it. On the 20th, Eddie and I and our band will be um, headlining the state fair. In Syracuse. Now, they have two headliners, one at 2 p.m. and one at, like, 7 p.m. The weird thing is we're on a Friday at 2 p.m. Oh, man. That's going to be fast. No, people are working. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how are we going to get there so fast? <laughs> no, I'm like, well, we'll right after the show. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, like, people are working. Like, how in the world are we both to do mm-hmm. that? Come on, leave work. Everybody, leave work. All in New York. Let's go. Let's After lunch, half day. All right, time to get over to the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm getting married next Saturday and asked three of my closest relatives to be bridesmaids, one of which is the maid of honor. Up till now, they've been the greatest. My mom planned my bridal shower. I paid for the dresses. And now with eight days left until the wedding, one of the bridesmaids pulled out 
because she got a new job in a new state. Eight days. She's known about this wedding for well over a year now. I don't know if I should pull a groomsman out or find someone to fill her spot or if I should find someone to alter the dress that was meant for her in time for the wedding. I need some advice. Sincerely, a stressed, not stressed bride-to-be. This is easy. We had an uneven number of people in our wedding. Nobody knows the difference. Nobody cares. Have your wedding. It sucks you can't be there. I mean, let's not bury the headline. Why can't she be there? Right. She got a new job, though. She's moving out of state. I get it. I get it. You don't know I have a wedding I have to be at. This is very important. This is a relative. It's a big deal. Weddings, funerals. What if the job says, we don't care? No. If it says that, then you have to deal with it. But most are, are pretty understanding. Yeah. And if they can't, that's fine. It's We had, I think Caitlin had six bridesmaids had five groomsmen or I walked down with two of them both of y'all yeah Eddie did double <laughs> that's right because because we so don't don't let this be a thing it's all good it stunk it stinks she paid for the dress and she's not gonna wear the dress it stinks she's not gonna be there but right now it's time to make some lemons out of lemonade and one of your groomsmen will just what's well, opposite though one of your bridesmaids will walk two groomsmen out there you go that's it no it, it's not a deal Right, Amy? Yeah, I mean, I think like you, if you make it a deal, then that's when it becomes stressful. But some of your marriage advice the other day, Bobby, was like, hey, you know, not everything's going to go perfectly. And it's really, at the end of the day, not going to matter. And if you worry about these little things and cause that added stress, it just puts a damper on something that's supposed to be super special. Because the next day after the wedding, you will not give one crap about that part of your wedding. Right. Someone who couldn't show up. Go have your day. That's all. That's the mailbag. Close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Send us an email if you want to ask a question. Morgan, where do they send it to? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. It is time for Fun Fact Friday. Here we go. Fun Fact Friday. All right, going five to one. The five most fun facts of the week. Let's go. Number five. So the Starbucks at CIA headquarters doesn't write people's names on the coffee cups to protect their identities. I wonder if you have to be extra trained to be a barista at the CIA headquarters. Meaning, if you're just some Joe Schmo off the street, you could take pictures of every single person that worked for the CIA and like send them to the enemy. Like a spy. Wow. That's deep. Also, I'm surprised that they don't just use fake names in there. Code names. Like Eagle. Or like a number. Eagle. (laughs) Number four. So Hewlett Packard could have been called Packard Hewlett, but Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard flipped a coin to decide whose name would go first. (laughs) I've often wondered about Dan and Shay. Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Brooks and Dunn. Isn't it alphabetical? Well, Dan and Shay is. Brooks and Dunn is. I don't think it always is. Florida, Georgia. Line. FG. Yeah, FG. Don't you always say it's the Florida, Georgia line? Or do people in Georgia say the Georgia, Florida line? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Who were some other duos? Hmm. Sunny and Cher? Oh, that's that's backward. That one's weird, too, because that's backward. And Cher was the star. Mm. Ike and Tina? Uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Backwards. Oh. Uh, backwards with Simon. I don't know. He was first because he was the star. Maddie and Tay. We should ask. Well, it's a sensitive thing yeah. if they come in. <laughs> they start fighting. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Number three. So this one's a little tell me something good fun fact. Because Taco Bell was able to create 15,000 new jobs simply because one item, Doritos Locos Tacos, were so successful. That's a good taco. I haven't had a lot of them, but I love a Dorito, and I love Taco Bell. But you know who else? The the chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's. That created a bunch of new jobs, too, because they had so many people. That thing, if you were to come to Earth right now and had to explain to you what happened with that spicy chicken sandwich, you wouldn't (laughs) believe it. It was a phenomenon, unlike anything I've ever seen with food. There have been certain, you know, pop culture phenomenons where people are waiting. The Elmo, Tickle Me Elmo. That's in that category. Also in that category, the, the spicy chicken sandwich. Where you went mm, and you yeah. could, and they were out. They were out all the time. <laughs> That's, that was crazy. Uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, certain shoes. A chicken sandwich is on that same list. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Number two. So we need to find like our Elvis Presley of today because back in the day in 1956, he got the polio vaccine in front of the press. And annual vaccine 
you know, people getting the vaccine after that went up 90%. They did it on TV, I believe. Yeah. He got, they got, he's like, hey, look, I trust it. So they gave him the vaccine. And then everybody's like, oh, uh, there you go. If Elvis did it, I yeah. should do it. Why don't we just, like, dig him up, do it again? <laughs> <laughs> but some people say he's still alive. He's too old now to still be alive, I think. If yeah. he worst, if he had lived, I think he probably would have died. He's in his eight. He'd be in his eighties, right? Oh, yeah, but he'd still be rocking in his eighties. I don't think so. Wasn't a healthy guy. <laughs> Number one. So heads up, it is a federal crime for someone who's not a postal worker to wear a U.S. Postal Service uniform. Uh, I guess unless you're playing a role in a TV show or movie, a Halloween costume isn't a good enough excuse. You can get a fine or six months in prison. Who would dress as a postal worker for Halloween, though? That's not a bad idea. I got a great idea. <laughs> Lunchbox should try it. But I had no idea that you would get fined for it. Mm-hmm. Or six months in jail. What are you in for? <laughs> no, you don't you, want to know. You wouldn't believe. Impersonating a postal <laughs> worker. Fun Fact Friday. All right, there you go. Fun Fact Friday. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Jake Owen released a new song. It's called Best Thing Since Back Roads. Luke Bryan shared a new song. It's called Songs You Never Heard. Time marches on, there's a lot of new music and memories we've been drinking to. I think about it and I laugh until it hurts. Cause I can hear you singing along to songs you never heard. Thomas Rhett released a new song called Redneck Be Like. And plus some new albums out today, Travis Dinning's Dirt Road Down and Billy Currington's Intuition. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. A 24-year-old man was driving his Tesla. The only problem is he was drunk at the wheel. So he'd had so much to drink, he's driving, swerving on the road, he passes out behind the wheel. Well, luckily, Tesla is so smart, it detected he was unresponsive, came to a stop, and put the hazards on. It pulled over. It pulled over and knew that, hey, you know what? Something's wrong. Put the hazards on and saved everyone's life. No one hurt. We're 10 years away from cars being automated, right? We are. They're already making these cars that can drive themselves like this. You have to think, hundreds of years, the horse was the main mode of transportation. And within 10 years, thousands of years, the horse was the main mode of transportation. Within 10 years, it was cars. Let's go feet before that. True. But when they got, you know, a man found horse, they were like, this is crazy, oh, man. Yeah. We can same, get on top of that. Same thing with cars. But it, it will be where we just, do, all cars are taken care of. I think if you're 16 right now, by the time you're out of college, most of it's going to be driving by computer. Wow. And it's going to save a lot of lives. Because sometimes you see where like a Tesla or somebody hits somebody in the middle of the road, but that's so rare. And that's that person running out in front of that car. So you're going to have, you know, 5,000 of those, but you're also going to have 30,000, not even in a situation where they're able to have a wreck with a car. I think these, this, I'm excited about it because I just want to get in and read Twitter anyway. <laughs> you don't like to read Twitter at stoplights at this point, mm-hmm. but um, that's pretty cool that they did that. Yeah. Those videos are creepy though. Whenever someone's like asleep at the wheel and someone oh. drives up beside them in California. Yeah. It's terrible. Weird. I don't how you're able to fall asleep like you must really I, I don't think I'm to that point yet where if I was in one yet I, yet, I don't think I'm gonna let the car drive yeah, yeah I got a couple steps before even falling asleep on the drive I don't know I guess at what point do you get comfortable enough hmm. uh, okay there you go is that that is a tell me something good yeah and that is what it's all I thought it was a bonehead for a second because uh, the guy fell asleep then that is what it's all about that was tell me something good we're gonna play a game called the three name celeb game the three-name celeb game. Oh, boy. All these celebrities have three names, three first names. Oh. Wait, three names total. No, three names total. <laughs> For example, the lead singer of the band that sings Living on a Prayer. Oh, got it. That would be John, John Bon, bon Jovi. Jovi. I did not have that. What? Okay. He's well, the like greatest. Guns and roses. Is it not syllables? <laughs> that's not a person, Amy. <laughs> True. But that would have been three words anyway. 
Guns and Roses, but she did it with four, oddly. I was doing the solos. <laughs> okay. okay. Write your answers down. Oh, boy. Three-name celeb game. Number one. He's best known for his portrayal of David Silver on the television series Beverly Hills 90210 and oh. currently dating a Dancing with the Stars champion. Yes. In. Did you guys write it down, please? In. In for the win. All right. Hold up your answers. Oh, wow. Oh, you can't read that. Brian Austin Green. Yes. Lunchbox. Brian Austin Green. Eddie. Brian Austin Green. Nice job. Now that I'm holding it up, I'll write it on a clean sheet of paper. <laughs> this actress is known for her role as Carrie Bradshaw on the HBO television series Sex and the City, for which she won two Emmy Awards. The three name celeb game. Can you name that celeb? Everybody in? Yeah. In. Win. Amy? Sarah Jessica Parker. Lunchbox? Sarah Jessica Parker. Eddie? Sarah Jessica Parker. Nice. Next up. The actress who starred in Halloween and also did commercials for Activia Yogurt. In. In for in. the win. Eddie? Jamie Lee Curtis. Lunchbox? Jamie Lee Curtis. Amy? Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice job. This actor slash musician was famously married to actress Angelina Jolie. Musician? Hmm? Ah. This actor, also a musician, in, was famously married to Angelina Jolie. Amy's struggling. Yeah, I can't think of his name. She wore his blood around her neck. Or something like a vial of his blood. And he was... Amy, I need your answer? Trying to think of it. Incorrect. He's the guy... Lunchbox. That's the guy that I almost had an altercation with. Billy Bob Thornton. Correct. Eddie? Billy Bob Thornton. When did you almost fight Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, At a record store in Austin on the corner of 6th Street. And he was having a record release party. And I went and I yelled at him. And he jumped out of the SUV and came up. And I was like, don't push me. I'll sue you. Oh, wait, what? what? Why yeah. did you yell what? at him? Yeah, why? Because, I, I don't know, there was something about he had an altercation with someone in the news, and so then I went to report on it, while he was, and they wanted to kick me out, and then so when he was coming out, I was like, can I ask you a few questions? Can I ask you a few questions? And he got in the SUV, and I said something else, and he popped out. Now, what'd you say? You keep you keep going yeah, over yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's like, I, I, first he just showed up, and then it was like, I went to question him about an altercation. <laughs> I don't know what I said, and then he got in my face. I was like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And you told him he'd sue him? Yeah. And then what'd he do? He talked to me for a second, and then he got back in the SUV, and they left. Did you have your mic on? Yep. Is that audio somewhere? It has to be somewhere. I mean, we we definitely played it on the show. One of the great feuds of all time wow. I forgot about. Billy Lunchbox Bob. almost got beat up by Billy Bob. Yep. <laughs> got right in my face. Uh, the next one. He got to start as a child actor on the show Doogie Howser, M.D., Oh my gosh. Eddie and Lunchbox, the uh, only two remaining. Hold on, hold on. What's his name? Hold on, hold on. Oh my God. I he want... got his start as a child actor <laughs> on Doogie Hauser, MD. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know his name. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh man, I watched this show too. Um, What is his name though? Oh my God. Five seconds. Yeah, I don't know his name. I don't know it either. Um, uh, Time. What do you have, Watchbox? Willie Parker. Eddie? Uh, Thomas Lee Miller. <laughs> You're thinking of Lee Thomas Miller. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Ah! How I Met Your Mother. Uh. Doogie Howser. Hey, sudden death. Legend. Between Dairy. you two. Okay, sudden death. Oh, sudden death. Yeah. He had a number one hit in 2015 called I Met a Girl. Here is a hook of the song. I met a girl, she made me smile. Lunchbox! She made me Go ahead. John Michael Montgomery. Incorrect. No, that's not what I was trying to say. Yes, it was. Yes. Well, you said what you said. That's not what I was trying to say. Turn it on up, Ray. Huh? I met a girl. William Michael Morgan? <laughs> Montgomery is his is last that, name. It's something like that. You think it's Montgomery? I think Montgomery. it's William Michael. He was engaged to that one, yes. the one girl. Yes. From uh, Runaway, Runaway June. June. Yeah. 
What's Lunchbox? Do you think his name? I is? thought it was William Michael Montgomery. But you said John Michael. I know. Montgomery. That's what I'm saying. I, I messed up. And Eddie, you think it is William Michael Morgan? <laughs> Which one sounds right to you, Amy? The first uh, Lunchboxes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant to it's say the Montgomery. first time. It's not Montgomery. The answer is William. Uh huh. Come on, Michael. Michael. Here we go. Morgan. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Eddie wins it. Okay. Nice job, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Nice job, buddy. Yeah, we met that guy. Yeah. yeah. In Virginia. We did? In Virginia? Was yeah. He, he played on a show with us? Yeah, he played before us, I believe. Huh. Oh, William Michael Morgan. Okay. There, there you I'm have him. Eddie, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. After you finish our show today, if you want to go over and download a podcast called The Bobby Cast, it's fantastic. Shy Carter, who's a big songwriter who was on the show performing a couple weeks ago, uh, he, I sit with him for like 45 minutes. Lisa Loeb from the 90s. You say, only hear what I want to. So adult. awesome. I do. It's good. It's really good. So check it out. And we talk about the new music that comes out every single week. So hopefully on Fridays, you check out the Bobby cast because we're super pumped and excited that, that we get to do this podcast for you. <laughs> Here's Amy's pile of stories. So a fan tattooed Alan Jackson's song, Chattahoochee QR code, on his leg. <laughs> so not the whole song. It's that little code, the little square box. And when you get the code, what do you get? Probably the music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just like when you're at a restaurant, if you stick your phone up to that QR code, boom, it pops up on your phone. And so for him, he thought, well, people are using these QR codes everywhere. Yeah, I just thought how it put a smile on people's face if they QR coded my leg <laughs> and they got Alan Jackson. That's pretty funny. Hilarious. I'd be worried the QR code wasn't exactly right, though, because if oh. it's not exactly right, it's not going <laughs> to actually go to the page. There was a listener that tattooed fight, grind, repeat on their arm I saw yesterday down their wrist. Like, a l- big. That's pretty cool. It makes me nervous. Because what if I end up going to jail or something? Well, it's not like he put Bobby Bones. Yeah, he just did the motto. We have someone that has done your face before. That's That's risky. the one we need to worry about. <laughs> I know. I just feel like a, a pressure. It's like there, in my hometown, there's a sign that says, boy at home, Bobby Bones. I feel pressure, but they could always just rip that sign out yeah, of the Yeah, that's easy sure. to take down. A tattoo? Oh, it makes me nervous. I, I appreciate that, but it makes me nervous. Okay, what else? Yeah, so speaking of like things that have to do with your body and scanning. Amazon is willing to give you a $10 credit if you let them scan your palm. So it's happening at their physical stores and they're doing it so that you can pay just by waving. (laughs) They're not putting a chip in your palm. No, it's like a biometric thing. Like you have your fingerprint, like everybody's palm is different. So it's like, oh, let me just recognize you by your hand. You wave, your wave is attached to a payment on file and boom, you pay. General consensus is it's creepy. I will go against that and say I love it. They're not putting nothing in me. I mean, my palm's probably on file somewhere anyway. My eyes are. Yeah. Because whenever I go to the airport, I do that thing called clear because I travel so much. And it's the thing that you it kind of cuts the line. And they just they scan your eyes. Boop, you really? go right through. You have to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do your eyes, your face. If they have your face on everything. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Facebook's like, you've been tagging 72 other photos. Yes. I'm like, uh, how, huh? And then you look, and there you are. So the palm thing, I'm okay with. I would do that. So you'd get the $10 credit. You're like, oh, sure, I'll save 10 bucks. Sure, but to me, it's not about the credit. It's about how easy it is to go in and get stuff at the store and just wave on the way out. <laughs> yeah. But I'd try to wave extra fast so it couldn't register and i get free stuff. <laughs> I don't, the grocery store th- that I used to go to a lot, I haven't been, so I don't know if they implemented it. For a long time, though, they had these little fingerprint things out. And they, they weren't using them, but they said, well, we're trying to work on a program where you could just put your fingerprint and pay. But you had to, like, physically. It wasn't, like, waving. You pressed it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the future, and it's crazy. <laughs> I never wanted to do it, though. Um, okay, so we've been talking a lot about drinking on flights. So I saw this article and thought it fit right in with the theme this week. And um, pretty much the reason why a lot of airlines are not going to bring drinking back on the airlines is not because of the pandemic. It's because of what alcohol does to your body when you're in the air. And the, people just get way more drunk. Like one drink on the ground is one drink, but one drink in the air it equals two drinks inside your body because of what's going on. And so a lot of people are th- saying like, hey, that's why we're going to limit alcohol on a plane or not have it at all. I think they'll bring it back. They'll probably limit it. But what you do is you charge double or triple for it. 
There you go. You make um, a lot of money because they'll still pay it. Yeah, Absolutely. people will pay. You're like desperate It's like a sometimes. baseball game or a football game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hot dogs cost $72. <laughs> you pay it anyway. Because you know you're going to get a hot dog. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's it, pretty cool. It doesn't have anything Thank to you, do Bill with... Thank you, Bill Nye, the science guy, for that explanation. <laughs> well, it doesn't have anything to do with your size or weight. It's the low cabin pressure, FYI. So don't think just because you're bigger, maybe you can have more. You're getting less oxygen, which means you're going to get drunk faster. Boom. Now, people are going to start drinking and not breathe. And try to get it too, <laughs> just on, on the ground. Is that it, Amy? And don't quote me on that. I just read that from the article. Yes. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. Cute little cat named Minnie Max went missing in 2015. Managed to climb through like a loose window screen at his home. His owner I was devastated. She used social media, newspaper ads. She used a search dog company to look for her cat and also a pet psychic. They have a search dog company? Hmm. I wish I'd have known that for times my dog was lost. <laughs> yeah, well. Or friends. When yeah. their dogs are lost. Search dogs, they sniff things out yeah. for you. They couldn't find the cat? Mm-hmm, no, and pet psychic didn't work either. Of course that didn't mm-hmm. work. Well, here we are six years later, and she just got a phone call from a vet saying that Minnie Max had been brought in by a family about 10 miles away, and now she's reunited with her cat six years later. I still haven't. Wow. Caught wind of the ghost dog that was at our because I want to save that dog and get it back to its owner mm-hmm. in the same way because yeah. it had a collar on like a pink collar it was a white husky with a pink collar yeah like a pink orange collar I'm colorblind so who knows but that white dog pure white by the way white as snow it was right outside my window and I, I put Ella in her little room shut the door went outside the dog was gone I mean I have fenced in property there's no way that dog disappeared like that. So now you still think that it might be a ghost dog? Or it's a, a ghost real dog. dog. Well, is could it be your imagination? No, because I think Caitlin Eller was going crazy when she saw that dog, and okay. Stanley was just staring at it. But I'm convinced it was a ghost dog, <laughs> and I don't know what it represents. You know, how you think Cardinals are your mom and Blue, mm-hmm, Blue Jays are Jays your dad. And dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this ghost dog is. Johnny Carson. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All right, Amy, good story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. On right now with Frank in New Orleans. Frank, welcome to the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, studio. Morning. morning. I have a Tell Me Something Good story that I wanted to say to everybody. Uh, I think it was actually the day of your wedding. Uh, my sister was on her way to go visit my mother in Florida, even from Louisiana. And she was in Mississippi, and she noticed a the car next behind her on the way next to her drift and then over adjust and then hit the back of her car, and she ended up flipping six times with her and my niece and my nephew in the car, and these people from Mississippi uh, pulled over, helped them out, got them out of the car, took care of them until police showed up ended up bringing them to her camp in uh, Kiln, Mississippi, and taking care of them, letting my nephew play with their kids. They took care of uh, my niece, who's not even two yet. Uh, and my sister said that she ended up, like, being in the slow motion in the flip and noticing everything and seeing how bad it was and, like, could see every little second pass by and all that. And, uh... And if it wasn't for these people, I don't know where my sister would be right now, helping her with on the side of the road in the middle of the day. That car flipped six times and everybody's okay? Yeah, six times. Uh, I, I don't understand how they made it through it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. Wow, that's a great story. Well, first of all, great to hear that your family is okay and healthy because that is wild. And two... Yeah, tell me something good to the family who stopped and helped them and then took care of them afterward. That is crazy. Hey, thanks for sharing that story, uh, Frank. We're very happy for you and your family. Thank you. Uh, and it just proves that there's, there are some good people in the world and that uh, no matter what's going on, people will help each other. There you have it. Six times, though, sounds cra- like, like it's going down a hill. That's yeah. what that sounds like. Well, all right, thank you. Have a great day. Man. All right, Amy, let's come, let's come over to you with the uh, morning corny. The morning corny. How do you roast a cobbler? How do you roast a cobbler? Make fun of his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Cobblers make shoes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, cobblers okay. make <laughs> That was the Morning Corny. The Friday Morning Conversation with Luke Bryan. What's up, buddy? What's up? How's, how's yeah. life? How's the guy back out on the road? You're the big rock star again. How's that? <laughs> you know, everything's, um, it's been amazing. Um, it's been amazing being back out there. Um, I tell you what, you know, I had anxiety about um, being able to get back in the, in, you know, in the mix of everything, you know, how, how if I was going to be in shape or not, but I'm, I'm in pretty good, surprisingly, somehow, miraculously i'm in pretty good shape i'm not up there uh i'm not up there uh huffing and puffing and i mean this and this is a real question do you physically like try to get in better shape because you're pretty active during a live show you're all over the place do you physically try to get in better shape before you hit the stage oh no doubt i mean historically you know i mean i've always um yeah even 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 under normal touring seasons, you know, coming off of the holidays and stuff, January, February, really get back in the gym and do a lot of cardio stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't stand in one spot and I'm typically, um, and what's funny is progressively through the years, you know, I've always, my songs that I've recorded have even become more and more challenging to sing. So if I were in, you know, so being able to sing these songs and move around and, and, uh, is a big deal for me. Luke Bryan's on. I got three things I'm going to promote with you. I'm going to do the first one now. Uh, farm tour. It's the 12th annual. It's playing six farms from September 9th to the 18th. And I will say, you, you, it, they're literal farms, and you build the whole stage and whole setup yourself. I mean, this is not something you just walk into and it's already built. How important is it for you to keep this going? Well, I mean, it's so fun. I mean, I mean, when you talk about um, there is a hayfield or a alpha any kind of field and it's 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 barren it's a field one morning and then the next morning all the semi trucks all of the staging the lights we come in it's totally a moving carnival and um it's been something that that we've done like i said for 12 years now and i think um i think the real um magic in it is um we go to we go to these rural areas where people would i mean you know typically these people have to drive one and two hours into a big metropolitan city to see me in a in in whatever arena amphitheater or stadium so when we could go just set up out in a big cornfield and you know what's really cool about it too is the time of year you know it's like harvesting season the air start it starts becoming fall and it's just nice being out there in the country playing for these country music fans. Luke Bryan's on. I will never forget your birthday now because it's also the day that I got married. We had a listener call in. Sweet. And, and you know, it's David Hasselhoff's birthday too. So I will never forget that either. <laughs> <laughs> we had a listener call and go, Hey, did you text Luke on his birthday, even though it was your wedding day? And I did not. But I said Luke also did not text me about getting married, so I feel like it's just a wash. Well, yeah, we're we're square on that. We're all flush. I mean, my <laughs> only thing, it, you can make it up to me. So if if Caroline and I ever do like a a, a second wedding or, or you, I want you to plan the honeymoon because I don't know where the hell y'all went, but it looked amazing. Why are you not making it up to me? I, how come I'm the one here that lost out on the on the who owes well, who? I mean, I'm put you know. Put your request in. What do you, you know, <laughs> dance lessons? Uh, well, you already, you got that mastered. Uh, bass fishing. I, you and you and Kate can, uh, uh, you know, y'all get y'all get ten days of, of bass fishing on somewhere on uh, my place. Your docu series is my my dirt road diary. It's out today. I've been hearing about this for a while. Heck, I've been talking to you a little bit about it too, as you were kind of shooting it. Um, so people can watch this on Amazon, right? Like, tell me yep. exactly how they see this because people keep saying IMDb, but it's a channel on Amazon. Yeah, it's Amazon and Amazon has IMDb TV and, um, it's something that Amazon's really kickstarting. And, um, you know, we, we've been, this thing has been just talking with Amazon to get this going has been three, four years now. And, uh, it's been and like I said, the docu series has been, 
good Lord, a lifetime in the making. I mean, we went back and found old home videos of me when I was 14, 15 years old playing guitar. And it's really, it really just, um, it really, you know, I think it does a, a wonderful job at telling the fans in the world, my path in music and my path in life and the ups and downs of music and the ups and downs in life and how they interconnect and intersect. And, um, you know, I, I'm really excited for, um, you know, fans to see it and hopefully, you know, people to get inspired by it. Yeah, that's my question about this. My Dirt Road Diary, which is up today on Amazon at IMDb. Um, like, what is the takeaway? Am I watching a behind the music of Luke Bryan? Am I watching like Luke's home story? Like when I finish, what am I going to feel? I think you're going to know all of that. I think it covers uh, it covers all of that. I mean, you see, you know, it's like the the it's like the the VH1 behind the music with five episodes of it. But even even more, you know, we have time and we have the history to go and dive really really deep into what made me uh, navigate kind of life i mean that's the thing too i mean um you know when you look at my the the things that happened in my life with 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 losing my brother and my sister and my brother-in-law um i I think um i think the way that shaped my life and my career and my family is is a really important story to tell because at the end of the day you know if someone's out there and that and they feel like they're at the end of the line hopefully they can see this and and and, 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 you know, dust, dust themselves off and keep, keep trucking along. Today you released a new song. Tell me about songs you've never heard. So I was out on the road and Luke Laird and Josh Osborne were out on the road with me. And Luke and Josh were staying on my bus and they were watching some of the early edits of my dirt road diary. And, um, so they were learning about all of these things and um, it was like the first day they were on the road well we did a show and then they were on my tour bus and i i just had like an epiphany and i ran over and and told josh and luke i said guys we need to write a song that talks about um my brother not being here but how he would react to, to, to these, you know, since he passed away, when you look at the amazing country songs that, that have come out since his, since he passed away, like I had a vision of how, like I could imagine if he were still alive when George Strait put run out, he and I would flock and freak out and listen to run in his truck a thousand times because so we just built a song around that idea that, that, you know, when he was alive, when a new Alan Jackson song would come out, we would be waiting for it. We would be, and that's what you did back then. You really, really anticipated your hero's new songs coming out. So, so we wrote it like, um, you know, I could, I can imagine you reacting to these songs that you never heard. And, um, I think it really, um, when we wrote the song, we didn't realize it would eventually kind of be a cornerstone song for the docuseries, but having the way it came about the organic way that it came about, um, it just seemed to fit right. And I think it matches up with everything really, really beautifully. We're going to play that coming up in just a second. Luke Bryan is on with us. You're doing the Vegas shows. You have 26, I think, number ones. How in the world do you fit every number one into a show at this point? <laughs> you know, I, I remember back when I was young and naive, I'd be like, if I ever have more than this many number ones, I'm going to play every one of them. Well, well, thank God. I mean, now I have a, a whole different other problem. I have, I have um, you know, the main thing with me is I try to do a little medley series where I play like do I and, and several songs during that. And, uh, but sadly I don't get to all of them, but you know, I think the main, like, even like, even at the top of this year, I went back and I looked at all of my most played songs at radio and my most streamed videos and stuff like that. 
and I try to find out which songs really, really, truly I think the fans want to hear the most, and you want to, you really want to get them in the show, and but you're still always upsetting fans because they they want to hear one that you left out. What's an old one that you know you will play the rest of your life if you're 70 years old? Probably, you know, uh, well, you know, now that you interviewed my wife and she told you that rain is a good thing is her least favorite. It'll be, it'll be hard for me not to play rain. Rain is a good thing forever. Uh, Luke Bryan's on with us. All right. I'm going to ask you publicly. You've already told me privately. It wasn't you. I just need you on record here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't lie to me, right? No, never. Okay. Never. Cause I, this is, I'd asked Luke, I just texted him. I said, Hey, are you the person that left a thousand dollar tip at Waffle House? And if he would have been him, I would have thought he would have said, Hey, it was, but don't say anything. Because I've even told you stuff, and I'm like, hey, this is between us. And I feel like we have that relationship where we can say stuff and not worry right. about it. And I said, was it you? And you said, hey, that's a great story, but it wasn't me. Are you standing behind that? I, well, first of all, so it was Owensboro. Is, is that Owensboro, Kentucky? It was Greensboro, North Carolina. So, not, hmm. so first of all, I toured in North Carolina two week, a couple weeks ago. So... I, I, when you sent it to me, I was like, I was like, well, I was in North Carolina, but then Waffle House, I've not been in a Waffle House. It's been a minute. So, so it's not you. But <laughs> I must say, I do pride myself on tipping like over the pandemic, over that. I've tried to do 100% tipping on everybody. So that's that's my little braggadocious moment. But I tell you what, whoever did do that, um, and, and Bobby, you know what? I'm really glad you're trying to get to the bottom of it. But that was a, you know, a thousand, a thousand dollars on a uh, on a what was it? A fourteen dollar tab? Yeah, something like that. That was uh, that was amazing. I mean, and it it always you know being in my position, you know, many times you know it, it really is special when you can when you can. Um, when you've been put, you know, when, when one of your servers walks up and she's like eight months pregnant, I'm like, Oh my God, you're getting 200% tip now. So it's always fun doing that. And I'm not saying you're not the greatest, most giving guy. You're acting like this is an attack on your character. I love you. I think you're the greatest guy ever. Oh, I know. But I'm, I'm formally stating that I've not been in a waffle house in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I did not give a thousand dollar tip. I have not done that. So whoever it is, um, we can start talking about who we can. I can start talking about who is the tightest, most frugalist country music buddy of mine. We can talk about them. Is that Jason, you think? He's pretty frugal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen. I'm going to stop Luke before he gets himself in trouble. Here's what I'm going to recommend. Today. Uh, Luke Bryan, My Dirt Road Diary. You go to Amazon. It's up there on IMDb TV. Uh, he's got the new song, Songs You've Never Heard. He's got a farm tour. He's got. He's in Las Vegas. I mean, he's making so much money, he could tip somebody $1,000 if he wanted to, right? You know what I'm saying? This guy's killing it. Hey, congratulations, my friend. Good to see you, and uh, hopefully I see you soon. Love you, buddy. See you later. Congrats again. Thank you. Bye. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. A Vietnam War veteran who lost his dog tags decades ago finally has them back. His name is Dennis. He lost his military ID tags while he was serving as a Marine in 1967. Obviously, never thought he'd see him again. They were super important to him, so he just continued to hold out hope. Get this. The Vietnamese government recently found him and said, hey, I think you guys should have these. Sent them back to the U.S. They've now been reunited with Dennis, who is just kind of floored by the whole thing. That a Marine from 1967, another country's government, found him and sent him back to him. Yeah. Now that he has his dog tags back, get this, they'll go along with his silver star and four purple hearts. Wow. So did he lose these in the war? I would assume. And then they just found him somewhere randomly? In Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't think he's over there on vacation. No, I'm I'm sure. And 67, I think it was the year, yeah. (laughs) Or 68. That timeline, yeah. That is a heck of a story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Let's go over and check on the news. Bobby's Big Stories. Officials say there's a West African banded cobra on the loose in Grand Prairie, Texas. Now, according to the cops, the snake snake escaped from its owner's home. It's now roaming around. 
It is one of the most venomous snakes where it could kill a human with one bite. Oh, no. So it's not like a gardener. Uh-uh. A, gar- <laughs> gar- a garden snake, you know, or a black snake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. Initially, Grand Prairie Police said the snake's owner, Cole, had a permit for it, but it later revealed that the municipality where the snake was housed prohibits people from owning this kind of snake. But it is an extremely poisonous snake, and everybody's on the lookout. Gosh, why would you even want to own a snake where one bite and you're gone? This could be where, like, this is how cobras get into the United States, and it's going to be a normal thing. What do you mean? Like, they're gonna, this cobra is going to find a female cobra, and they're going to make That's babies. Tough. And, well, That's yeah. tough. You got to find another one. That's a stretch. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, story number two. This takes getting to the airport early to a whole new level. A woman on vacation didn't realize she got to the airport when she got there that she had accidentally booked her flight for the wrong year. Yeah. <laughs> to make matters worse, she says she spent the last of her money to pay for her ride to the airport. So her name is Lex Andrews. She told the story on TikTok. Listen, I get how you could click that drop down bar and hit a wrong year. Yeah. She said it was for a flight. The spokesman for the airline confirmed the situation to Fox News, who investigated it. Quote, we're currently offering all customers the flexibility to transfer to another flight with no change fee up to two hours before departure. <laughs> Changes can be made quickly and easily now. Oh, thank goodness. But she got there, and it was the wrong year that she had booked. <laughs> but I, like, I felt that. That's something that I would accidentally do. And here's my question about the Olympics, as it's about to come to a close. Whenever they do the medal counts, do you look at all the medals that have that the, the countries have won for the medal count? Or do you look at gold medals only? Oh, I guess I might, if I focus on gold. <laughs> so what the the actual medal count is all medals. Mm-hmm. So it's gold, silver, and bronze together. Team USA's lead in the overall medal race has increased with a total of 92. Woo! 74 for China. However, we don't lead the gold medals. If we don't win total medals and gold medals, that to me, you have to win both in my book. Oh, is that right? To be like the real winner. Yeah. Like you can be, win the medal count, but let's say you have 43 bronzes and you have 43 medals. But another country has 20 golds, yeah. right. 20 silvers, and one bronze. Well, they don't have as many as you, but they... But they but, rank higher. Like, if they have they have a point system, like, gold is if worth five. If they had five, three, yes, that, and, they should do that. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, they celebrate really hard when they medal, just period. Of course. You know, so that's a yeah. big deal, even if they get third. But still, your, sil- your bronze is not, not. equal to your gold. I'm talking just medal count. Yeah. For a real win, in my book, you need to win total medals and golds. Otherwise, you've got a split championship. you got two boxers that have the world championship. Gotcha. You're like, well, who's the heavyweight champ? Well, the UBO, the CBO, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> right now, leagues, yeah. we need to get some more golds. We can't have China. Phones, I think they're working on it. No. Maybe <laughs> they're going to send them this clip. <laughs> That's their goal. No, we need, we need more golds. Mm-hmm. We can't like China. Get us. U.S. playing basketball tonight, 9 p.m., I believe. Uh, and that gold, gold medal. Ooh. Hopefully we can beat France to get that yes. gold medal. Basketball is crazy because, you know, back in the day when they played France, you didn't know any French players. Now you know all the French players. Yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're all in the NBA. The, the Europeans are pumping out the NBA players <laughs> yep. now. All right, that's the news. Thank you. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. All right, Mike D, you figured it out. Who left the tip at the Waffle House for $1,000? Figured it out. Go ahead. It is a guy named Struggle Jennings. Huh? Huh? Who's Struggle that? Jennings. I think I've heard of him. Is he like a hip-hop country guy? Hip-hop country guy. Not Shooter Jennings. Not Shooter Jennings. Related. I think he is Waylon's like step-grandson. Really? Okay. So his real name is William Harness, professionally known as Struggle Jennings. Oh, his real last name's not even Jennings. Mm-mm. The okay. nephew of Shooter Jennings. Got it. Well, hey, shout out Struggle Jennings. Thousand okay. bucks to help a woman. They were struggling to raise... Struggling? Yeah. They were, maybe he just finds people that's struggling and <laughs> leaves some money. I get they it. They were struggling to raise her kid. And you patched up together because... I found her Instagram and she was tagged at his show. So it was the night after the tip was left. And even if you go back and watch the original news story, they showed a, like B-roll footage of the venue he played at. So They kind of gave it away. We just didn't they, yeah, we look just in didn't the right know. place. Yeah, you look at his tour dates. He was there. There was also an Insta story of them at a Waffle House the night that it happened. Tagged it, in Greensboro. We there. would have never gotten wow. it. Wow. I mean, this guy is hardcore looking. Like, tattoos all over his body. Super buff, like, bodybuilder type situation. Like, if you saw this guy, would you think right away? Yeah, I mean, looking that's in a mirror. Like, yeah. That's what <laughs> like, you look why, like. Yeah. Why is there a mirror in front of me that's right so now? awesome. Yeah, good for you, dude. Yeah. Good for you. Bones. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. 
This story comes to us from Ontario, Canada. A man was upset because he saw his neighbor urinating in his yard. So what do you do? Call police, yell at him? Nope. Went inside, got his keys, got in the car, and ran the neighbor over. Was the guy still peeing when the car came at him? I <laughs> know uh, he was done, but he was back in his yard. But he got in his car and boom, hit him with the car. One way to handle it. I'm assuming the peer is okay. Yeah, he just got a little gash in the back of the head. No broken bones or anything like that, but the neighbor was arrested. I think the proper way is to go, hey! Because immediately I'd be like, ooh, like I'd stop this dream. And that would burn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a long time ago, I caught a guy peeing on my tire. And I grabbed him. You grabbed and, the guy? Yeah, by his shoulders while he was still peeing. And I moved him to his tire. And then he kept peeing on his tire. And then I left. Was he really messed up? N- yes. Okay, so he you was- knew. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, oh, okay, sorry, man. And he kept feeling his tire. I'm like, good, there you go. Maybe that's what he should have done. <laughs> yeah. Turn the guy to his own yard. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Flashback Friday, the year was 1999. You were graduating high school. Yes, that's the year I graduated. Yeah, it was my freshman year of college. All right, let's go. Flashback Friday. Flashback Friday! 1999, on this day, the biggest country song was Tim McGraw, something like that. I had a barbecue stain on my white t-shirt. She was killing me in that mini skirt. The biggest pop song is from Destiny's Child. Can you pay him a telephone bill? Can you pay him a telephone bill? Still in it. <laughs> And the biggest thing in pop culture, in 1999, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense, starring Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment, was released. It made only $26 million in its opening weekend, but then people started talking about it, and it made almost $300 million. Oh, wow. Here's a clip. I see dead people. That movie is crazy, because uh. I didn't know what happened, and spoilers <laughs> weren't really a thing, because there wasn't Twitter. And there wasn't a lot of people, you know, on the internet ruining movies. My mind was blown. My mom was telling me blown. That's <laughs> crazy. That sixth sense got me. I walked out of the theater like my life will never be the same. That's what they meant by talking about it. All we did was, I see dead people. Yeah, that was the quote. We said that over yeah, and over. All the time. That was 1999 Flashback Friday. Thank you very much. Flashback Friday. Amy, what's up this weekend? Well, I was supposed to be out of town this weekend, and it totally changed. So now I'm not. So <laughs> I guess a, a relaxing weekend ahead. What about you? Uh, going to Arkansas for a few days. So we're heading out after the show here. Eddie, what about you? Um, my kids get baptized on Sunday. So uh, I'm going to make a brisket on Saturday so that when it's done, we can have some brisket. Do they like brisket or is that for you? Uh, they like ribs. So I'll do a couple of ribs for them and then brisket for daddy. Sometimes. For daddy. <laughs> a lot of times. When we do something here at the house, we'll save you stuff and take it to your house. Uh huh. I'd like some ribs. You will. Ha- oh, not brisket. Yeah, See, both. Okay, because the brisket I'm gonna have a lot of because it's really big. The ribs they go really quick. Well, but throw I'll a save few you extra some. ribs on. I will. I got you, bud. Think about me. Lunchbox, what's up? Uh, you know I'm locked in my neighborhood. There's this uh, race that has all the streets blocked off, so we'll just be in the neighborhood, probably sitting at the house. This is a car race. Yeah, it's like where they're going 150 miles an hour on the streets, but I can't, so I can't get out of my neighborhood. So it's not a foot race where you can hassle the people. No, no, no. no. It's like a race car, race car. Thank you, guys. See you guys Monday. Have a good weekend. Bye, everybody. Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones.